The Metis Tech Show. Welcome to the Metis Tech Show, a show for HVAC professionals by HVAC professionals. The Metis Tech Show. B2BC. So, Jorge, I hear you play a little guitar. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, I started playing guitar at the age of 16 years old. Um, literally, no lie. My uncle had a really old guitar because uh, he used to um, live with us, and he had an old guitar and, and that he brought with him. An acoustic guitar? It, it was an acoustic guitar. Believe it or not, I only had three strings on it. Nice. And I just picked it up, learned how to tune the three strings that were there, and yep. made sounds out of it. Yeah, at first it was horrible, and then it sounded decent. And then now, I was like, did it have nylon strings it was, on it, or was, it was it? The, it was a classical guitar, so it had oh, nylon yeah, yep, strings. Yep, all right. Yep, nice. And uh, the the three strings that were available was actually the three nylon strings, the the high pitch strings, and you know, yeah, I started making it sound good with only That's three it. strings. That's all you need and, to make a song, right? And then uh, I was like, I gotta get me a real one, and I bought me, um, it was a Fender. Yep. Um, classical. It wasn't expensive it was actually one of the cheapest ones um and from there i learned chords yep i started playing chord progressions and, and then i was like oh, well these chords sound cool they um, you know they're easier to do let me go ahead and get an electric guitar and i learned the bar chords on an electric guitar and then boom i've you know been yeah, loving it been yeah. playing it ever since <laughs> yeah music's always been a huge part of my life i started out believe it or not with an accordion uh, to make my parents happy, <laughs> and uh, they tried getting me lessons. That didn't work out. I started playing keyboard. I moved to guitar. Uh, played some just like you had a guitar kicking around. It was my grandmother's guitar, and the mm-hmm. thing had a couple of strings on it. Um, and then progressed from there. I picked up the bass guitar and started playing in bands. I've been playing in bands for over twenty years. Wow. Um, and I, I was in the last band I was in with, for 10 years, and I just recently stopped playing with them, but we were playing every weekend. Um, but, yeah, music is is definitely um, just an awesome thing and been a big big part of my life. And I'm glad to hear you play a little bit of guitar. That's pretty cool stuff. Yeah, but I, I tried other instruments prior. Yeah, I was all right, you know. Yeah. Like yeah. I used that keyboard. I even tried the drums. I was like, yeah. Yeah, right. Guitar just kicked, you know. Guitar, yeah, definitely. You know. It stuck with me, so. Yep. All right. Welcome to the Metis Tech Show, show for HVAC professionals by HVAC professionals for the service tech in the van. Right. My name is Steve Pimentel, technical training manager, uh, instructor out of the Boston Training Center. And we got a special guest with us today, Jorge Valadares. He's the area service advisor for Metis. Um, so, Jorge, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, so I'm the area service advisor um, for the Southern Business Unit. Um, okay. So the Southern Business Unit uh, as a whole, we cover, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's Virginia uh, and Tennessee on south, on nice. the east coast. Um, so that's what, Virginia, um, North, North and South Carolina, Georgia, Tennessee, Mississippi, Alabama, and Florida. Nice. Um, so do you have any other um, ASAs or ASMs yes. that work with you? Yes. Yeah, so I specifically only cover Georgia and the Carolinas. 
and I live in Georgia. I'm only about 30 minutes from the office um, here in Suwannee. Uh, we also have uh, Bob Sparks. Okay. He, he does the whole state, entire yep. state of Florida. Yep. Believe it or not, state of Florida, you know, he's only covered one state, but he has plenty work. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, that's a big state to cover. And uh, Bob, Bob's a cool dude. I like Bob. Um, we also it, have, sorry to interrupt, we also yeah. have uh, Paul Messer. He's our yep. senior area service manager. Yep. Uh, he covers uh, Tennessee and Virginia. And then we just added Jason Keltner to our team. Uh, he does Mississippi, Alabama. Very cool. So how long have you been with Metis? I've been with Mitsubishi since 2012. It was basically 10, 10 and a half years. Um, wow. Yeah. It's a long, been run. A long time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 10 years. 12, um, can I, can I go back and discuss like from where I started? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely do that. Yeah. So, uh, I was actually one of the original, original members of our customer care team. Um, so when we got hired, if there was a technician or a distributor or even an end user, you know, architect, et cetera, they call Mitsubishi. There wasn't one set phone number. You could Google it and you'll get probably hundreds of different numbers and whatever number you do call will probably end up having some random person wow. answering the call. And then, you know, you tell them what you need and, oh, okay, I'll transfer you to that person. Or uh, they'll be like, oh, I'll transfer you to a voicemail or something like that. Um, and they'll probably never get a call back. Or if they do, it'll be like next week or something. So, so it wasn't exactly well organized like it is today. It's a lot. We have a, a huge uh, customer care department now, yes. right? Different tiers. Uh, and mm -hmm. we can we can talk a little bit about that, but that's awesome. But you started out in tech yes. support, which is a huge uh, advantage in going into the position you're in now. Yes. Right? Yes. So it was customer care, then tech support. So customer care, you do a little oh, bit of okay. everything. Oh, okay. I got you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So customer care, uh, the group that we started, uh, we had to be trained. It, it took us 90 days training before we actually took our first call. Oh, we wow. We literally learned everything that Metis does. And if it's something that we aren't 100%, you know, comfortable with, you know, discussing you with a customer, it. then we knew who to transfer it to gotcha. and make sure that that person was able to get a call back. Um, so we, we had to learn operations, how to look up parts, how to look up orders, um, how to give statuses, uh, price into distributors. Uh, and then I had to learn, you know, how to pull up a service manual and, you know, a guy comes up with an error code, tell him where to find it. Before right. I transfer it to tier two. Wow. Um, yeah. Uh, applications. We had to learn simple application stuff. And yeah. know, something that we couldn't handle, then we have an applications department available for that. And that's yeah. amazing. I, I, I didn't know. I didn't know that. Um, I'm learning something today uh, about, about the company. I didn't know um, how things ran back in the day, 10 years ago. We've moved, we've grown so much in the short amount of time. Uh, so you, you went from customer care then, then to technical Tech support. support, technical support. All yes. right. Yeah. Um, and I've listened to a couple of your, um, technical support calls. Um, some, some that we use in training, we use them all the time just because they're so educational, right? Some of the, some of the top issues that you guys get calls for. Um, so you did that for how many years, technical support? So I was customer care for two years. And then after that, it's technical. So about eight years, because I started okay. my new role uh, about a year ago. So it's probably seven years in, in tech support. And, and I started, uh, when you first get hired as a TSA, um, you, you actually go through tiers in, in the actual technical support group as well, because we want to make sure that when we get a, a, a call that's been escalated to us, 
right? Customer care couldn't handle them. Well, then tier two has to go above and beyond. And our, our, basically our mission at that point is to make sure that we solve the problem gotcha. as tier two. So when I first started tier two, I was only doing residential, only M&P. And that's where you got that, that call, whoever, you know, whoever took our M&P training class or our advanced M&P a couple years ago. They, was, they used to play that phone call during a right, training class, right, right. Uh, you know, for the upside down unit. That's where you got that call because I used to do yeah. residential all day, every day. And you might have heard, oh, yeah, I hear that. I hear this problem all the time. Well, it's because that's all I was getting. Yeah. You know, the, yeah. Whole, the whole time I was here, eight hours, is straight up residential calls all day. Right. And then from there, um, they put me to commercial, which is our product, commercial product is City Multi. Yeah. Uh, and then I worked on controls. And somewhere in between, I st- we had a... Uh, what was called a tier two technical support applications. Right. Now we have a separate applications department that's not part of tech support. But I used to take application calls too. So I used to get calls from guys like, hey, can I put this unit on a boat? Or right. can I put it, you know, 450 feet away from right. the unit? Can you bury you know? refrigerant lines exactly. or something yeah. like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, where can I walk, Can I mount a wall mount unit? Uh, four feet up on a wall. No, you can't exactly. do that. Yeah, yeah. right. It, you uh, know, one time I had a call. I think it was on a military base overseas or something. Um, they they couldn't have the electrical circuit boards inside the cabinet um, oh, where the God. compressor yeah. and the fan motor is. So they wanted to know if they could, you know, uh, basically splice in their own wires so they could have all the circuit boards separate on a, on a separate building. Yeah, <laughs> very interesting. Yeah. Oh, so so again, you got. A lot of uh, you, you, you've seen a lot of things and, and got a lot of uh, experience being on that side of the field. And now you're out in the field supporting DSGs, supporting contractors out in the field, right? So now you're an area service advisor. So tell us a little bit about that. Um, at what point do you get called out on a site? Okay. So, um, yeah, area service advisor basically. I'm now in field support, right? So I'm, I'm the guy, like you said, the, who uh, supports the DSG. DSG, by the way, is the distributor, uh, either field service representative or tech support representative, um, ductless technical specialist, yeah, et cetera. Yeah, so by the way, DSG stands for Diamond Service Group yes. member. Um, yeah. So just an acronym for Diamond Ser- Service Group. And that's the distributor, right? Yeah, they're distributor um, employees that's been trained on our equipment and they should be self-sufficient to the point that they could support the contractor um, prior to me getting involved. Right. So, so the contractor should call the DSG, hit their DSG first, their distributor for yes. support. Yeah. So the, they're, just think of it uh, like their distributor tier two. Gotcha. Right? So we have okay. tier one, which is customer care for us. And then we got tier two, which is a TSA. Yep. And then tier three would be an area service advisor or manager. Um, and you know, you got the same tier with your distributor. If you just go straight to your distributor tech support, then that you've already gone to tier two, you know. Right, I got you. And, and distri- you know, the Diamond Service Group members, they could create cases just like our tech support and our customer care employees could do so. Yeah, and you have access to those cases. So I'm you look that up on Salesforce, right? Yes, sir, the- same as that cases, yeah. Okay, um, so at that point, when when the the DSG can no longer... Um, support the contractor. They're they're they've hit a brick wall, so to speak, and yes. they can't figure out what is going on with this system. Now I need to get 
somebody from Mitsubishi involved, that's where you come in. That's where I come in. All right. Tell us a little bit about where that starts. Does it start with a phone call? Or is it a direct visit to a site? Yeah. So then there's, like I mentioned, there's, there's two ways to get a job site. So you could go with your distributor rep, DSG. They'll probably get on site first. Okay. You know, that That's what I like about the DSG is that not only can they take a phone call, they could take a phone call and be like, hey, tomorrow I'm free. Can I come by tomorrow with you and take a look at it? Because they're local, right? And then uh, text, um, when you go through us, you got customer care. They're going to create a case. If it's something simple, they handle it there. If not, then they got to escalate you to tier two. Then tier two, they have calls in line. They have to take it one at a time. And then once they receive a call, they help you. They try and solve it right then and there. Uh, if it's not something that they could solve, then that's when uh, they not only reach out to me, they reach out to the DSG as well. So the importance of a DSG should be highlighted because uh, whether you go through our tier system or not, DSG is heavily involved when it comes to job site visits. Actually, I I technically can't go on a job site without a distributor representative with me on the site. Because you're not really putting your hands in the equipment. Uh, the the contractor is on site doing that if there's a repair to be made, something like that. Yes, yes. So I'm, I'm not the technician there to do the repair i'm the i'm the technician there to to basically uh look at what i can't see over the phone what our tech support can't see over the phone gotcha that's my job basically. awesome um so what would you say are some of the most common um issues that you see out in the field whether it be residential or commercial great question um you might be a little disappointed with this you might want me to be like hey it's gonna be a a, a a blower on a Walmart or something. No, no. It's the most common issues I've seen. It's yeah. one of them is just uh, the lack of in-depth information that we receive um, on the phone support side of, of the technical yeah, okay. side. Yeah. So uh, what I mean by that is, for example, um, when we, you know, we have a checklist of things to ask when we're on the phone. One of them is voltage. You know, that's very important, yeah. right? Yeah, incoming voltage, right? L1, L2, that's where it all starts. Yeah, yeah. And and, and what I like to tell people in, in training classes, if you speak to tech support, we're going to ask you what that voltage is. You know, don't get offended, but that's part of the questions we ask. And there's other questions that you're like, man, why you got to ask me? This is a waste of time. But no, it's it's needed information. Right. Uh, for example, yeah. if you if I ask for voltage, you tell me it's 230 volts, and then I come on site, and it's 253, I'm like, well... Do you know, you know, this is on a higher spectrum. There's a range, right? Yeah. So like 187 to 253 is our range for incoming voltage. And if you if you drop below that minimum or above that that maximum, there could be issues with the system. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And that, that's some that's one example. Another example uh would be uh, you know, something as simple as, hey, it, um the blowers on the are they clean or not? You know, that's that's something very common on the Walmart. Right. You know, how, and, and a lot of people don't realize our just the basic Mitsubishi electric wall mount unit should be cleaned and serviced, maintained, you know, have some preventive maintenance at least twice a year. And especially yes. if it's if it's heating and cooling, these these units need to be cleaned and washed just like any other HVAC system. So, yeah, I see a point if, if you got a dirty indoor unit, you got problems. Yeah, I agree 100 percent on that. Um and and that is one of the questions we ask, is is the blower clean? Uh, a lot of people, when they're right there in front of the unit, they're, they're frustrated. Technicians in the field, they're frustrated. You know, they've probably already spent hours working on it before they even reach out to us. 
and you ask them a simple question as, is the blower wheel clean? They're probably going to say yes, just yep. to have you go on to the next step. And then I've gone to plenty, unfortunately, I've gone to plenty of job sites where um, the conditions, um, the cleanliness of the equipment, you know, isn't up to par. And that, that's part of the reason why you're not getting enough capacity. You're not getting enough airflow. Right. Um, yeah. So that, you know, that's, that's unfortunately the lack of in-depth information. Uh, another example uh, I like to bring up is, I would like to bring up is uh, tools, you know, so, you know, a psychrometer, you know, not just a regular thermometer, right. if, especially in the summertime here in Georgia, uh, humid. Oh, especially in South Carolina, you know. Uh, oh, I could imagine Bob's in, in Florida, all that humidity out there on, on the coastline. And, you know, a thermometer could only get us the dry bulb temperature, right? But if we want to accurately sense what the output capacity is, right, we need to know what that wet bulb. So a psychrometer is needed, not just a thermometer. Um, when you're working on our ducted units and we want to confirm uh, proper airflow, um, proper BTUs, uh, we need a, 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 what is that, manometer to check yeah. the static pressure. Yeah. You know, also, um, if there is a, ever a need to hook up gauges, you need to know what you're doing with your gauges, you know, stuff like that. I've, I can't tell you how many times I've gone to job sites and they don't, you know, I wouldn't say they don't know how to use them, but they just have s tools that really can't get me too far into the troubleshooting process. Right. And it, it, it does become a little bit of a challenge. Yeah. And tools have gone along, come a long way. Uh, now, instead of just a set of, um, manual gauges we have electronics and technologies played a role in this we have um smart probes yeah bluetooth smart probes right now we have uh uh bluetooth temperature clamps so having all these high-tech tools i mean it, it's going to help that contractor on the job site it's going to help you when you show up to help them yep Right, so having all those tools is really important. I agree. And and you know, in general, back on that lack of in depth information, uh, just general things that they won't tell us over the phone. That that not that they won't tell us, but that we can't see. Right. And you know, and I kind of understand where the contractor or technician is coming from. You know, they may not think that's important information, but in the long run, when I finally get on site, I look at it at a different angle compared to them. A distributor will look at it at a different angle, and those may end up being very important information. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, definitely. Um, so, what happens if you you've gone as far as you can go, and you're still scratching your head? We really got an issue with this system. We need to get in more in depth. Where does that go from there? Is there another tier? Yes, yes. So, if you ever gone to our training we do mention this a couple times uh tiger team the tiger team the tiger team that's yeah, the so elite that's the elite right there so basically uh in tier two um as a tsa i could reach out to our area service advisor uh, i used to do the 10 to 7 shift so yeah. i know that after five if i needed help i'm very limited with people in the office that could help me so yep. what I did, I just called the guys in California, the service advisors, service managers in California. Yeah, different time zone that and works, they, yeah. Yeah, and they helped me out. Um, so, you know, they got resources, TSAs. They have resources um, either in person or over the phone that they could call to help them if they're stuck on something. Well, as an area service advisor myself, if I'm ever stuck on something, Tiger Team is that resource that I that I have. Yeah, so you have your counterparts that you can read, reach out to, your part, your, yeah. your co-workers, right, so to speak. Um and 
you can also take that, like we just mentioned, to the Tiger team, and they kind of look things over with a fine-tooth comb, yep. um, right? If if they're actually pulling that case number and getting in, then it's then it's the real deal. They have to dig in dig and in, figure yeah. out what's going on. That may be a uh, a warranty issue at that point, right? Or um, just a, a system that keeps malfunctioning. Yeah, maybe. You keep blowing compressors. Why do you keep blowing compressors? Is is it an installation issue where debris get into the system or is it on our end? Is there some kind of um, malfunction happening on our system, right? Uh, Because it it, it happens on both sides. Let's let's be honest with each other. We have – these systems are only as good as how they're installed and I don't care what what brand you're installing any kind of HVAC system it's only as good as how it's installed but on this at the same on the same token it's you could have issues with a Mitsubishi system um maybe something that came from the factory that could have been defective but the Tiger team is there to really dig in and figure out why this is happening right uh, Tiger team is heavily involved in that so that we could catch any problem that is on our end and um, make sure that the masses don't run into it. You know, make sure we solve that problem before it becomes a bigger problem. Um, and and Tiger Team also will go on on-site visits as well. Yeah. And, and yeah. if they go to an on-site visit, that job is definitely out of the ordinary. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Gotcha. So they're bringing all their uh, their test equipment, yes. which is probably beyond what you or I carry on a service call. Oh yes. Um, they're prepared for it and. They're just great guys, and I love to pick their brain any chance I get because they're so full of information. Um, the knowledge they have just blow your mind, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, about the Mitsubishi product, about HVAC in general. As an ASA, what what do you what would be probably the most challenging part of your job? Well, everything is going to have some sort of challenge, especially at this point. You know, this is technically you know, as we discussed tier three. Um, So I'm not going to get a simple question that tier one would get anymore. You know, those, those uh, S1, S2, S3 troubleshooting, those are long gone for me. You know, I put those to bed. So I would have to say uh, the majority of questions that I'm being asked is out of the ordinary stuff is a little bit more advanced. Right. Right. So um, I wouldn't say that that's challenge. That's part of that's nature of the beast. Right. Yeah. That's that's part of the position. Um, I, I, I guess I'll, I'll kick it back on when when I'm in the field. Right. One of the most challenging things um, is when I'm in the field and the end user is heavily involved, which there's nothing against that. You know, it, it, yeah. I put myself in the end user's shoes as well. If, if I spent X amount of money, whether it's only two thousand dollars or twenty thousand dollars on equipment. You know, right. I want it to work properly. Yeah. So I understand 100% where they're coming from. Um, the challenging part I've noticed is lack of end user education. Yeah. Right? And educating the customer. Exactly. I talk about that all the time in class. Um, just basic stuff, right? How to use the controller. Give them a tour of the handheld controller. Give them a tour of the MHK2, the wired controller. How does it work? Um, no make the customer understand that with a multi-zone system they don't they can't have mixed modes right stuff yeah, like that exactly. little things yeah. are going to prevent those those callbacks again yeah education uh, the customer education the end user education is so important when i was in customer care i did speak to homeowners back then um cuz like i said we whatever call we receive we have to handle it accordingly 
right? But then as a tier two, uh, we, we rarely speak to a homeowner. Uh, and if right. we do, it, it's uh, I think the only the only product that we could support homeowners with right now is tier two would be our Kumo Cloud. Right? Okay. Because the technician doesn't always have to be there for Kumo Cloud since right. it's, it's a mobile app support. Um, but other than that, end user, um, you know, speaking to end user and, you know, you, you can't get out of end user the same way you could get out of contractor. You know, contractor, they know the technical terms. They know, um, you know, more or less uh, proper sequence of operations, et cetera. When you speak with a homeowner, you have to be in a way more detailed, but then not as detailed as you would when you're speaking with someone that's technical. Right. Right. I hate to say the words layman's, but you have to sometimes break it down in yeah. layman terms. Yeah. And that's no offense to a homeowner. You right. know, there's, you know. Yeah. You can't start talking about subcooling and superheat with a homeowner. Exactly. <laughs> They're not yeah. going to know that. Yeah. You know, it, you know, vice versa. It, you know, if, if we go to a doctor's visit, right. You know, my arm ain't working right. Yeah. Yeah. If they start talking to us in all those uh, technical science terms, we're yeah. going to be like, what are you talking about? It, are, am I going to be back to normal? Right. You know, so right. that's one of the challenges. And, and on the other hand, too, you could have a customer that's very educated in something yeah. like Kumo Cloud, right? They're oh, yes. they're showing you how to hook up Kumo Cloud. And that's happened a few <laughs> times, right? They know their IT system. They know their router, their gateway in their home. Or you show up on a job site and the customer has um, a sling psychrometer. Or maybe they have, you, you know, <laughs> yeah. temperature thermometers all over the house, and they're saying, "Look, this ain't keeping up. My humidity's high. Whatever." They're already ahead of the game. You got to, you got to, yeah, you got to ready to handle it. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, now, what would you say is your favorite part of your job? What gets you out of bed in the morning? Favorite part? See, I'm I'm naturally a problem solver. You know, it it it, and it's gratifying. Yes, to figure something out yeah. and get something working. Right, yeah. I'm I'm the same way. Yeah, so, definitely. You know, it, it, back one of the most challenging thing is to um, you know deal with the end user in terms of um, product knowledge and how our equipment works. Well, vice versa. One of the most satisfying things is um, seeing the end user smile and joke and be happy that Mitsubishi came to my house yep. and you know we we found a solution to our problem or at least we have a solution pending. You right. know that, that's very satisfying and it's one of my favorite parts. That is great. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, for a contractor uh, out in the field, the service guy in the truck, his first place to start, I got to say, would be mylinkdrive.com. That's mylinkdrive.com. All of our service manuals are on there, all of our installation manuals, even engineering manuals. We have tech tip videos, app notes, just a ton of information on one website. You don't need a special login to get mm-hmm. in. Anybody can go on mylinkdrive.com. And I'll tell you, and, and you know you know this from being in tech support, when, when someone calls you or calls customer care, we open up my link drive. You, know, you guys open yes, up sir. my link drive and open, and open up the unit-specific manual and start looking in there. So we don't have a special my link drive, yeah. right? We don't yeah. have a special place to go. It's the same one that anybody can log into. Um, also, I'd like to mention training, and we have a, a multitude of classes that you can sign up for. Go to MitsubishiComfort.com and navigate over to the professional section, and you can 
log in and register for a class. Look at our calendar of classes. We have basic residential M&P classes. We have advanced M&P classes. We have advanced residential controls classes. Then if you get into the commercial classes, you have uh, city multi uh, classes, in-person classes. We have uh, advanced city multi classes, advanced controls, commercial controls classes. And then all of our um, free webinars that are available on the LMS. Again, MitsubishiComfort.com and navigate over to our training section. Definitely take advantage of the training. 2003 is bringing in a lot of training um, on, you know, newer equipment. We have a lot of new equipment coming out, right? Oh, yes. Um, The Inflation Reduction Act is actually, there are some rebates that are built into that that a lot of people probably don't know about. We're going to actually have a podcast episode on that particular topic. Uh, all the rebates and the tax credits that will be available in 2023, it's going to be huge, and it's going to keep us busy, right? So, Jorge, thank you for coming on to this episode of the Metis Tech Show, and let's do this again. My pleasure, man. I greatly appreciate you reaching out to me, and it's an honor that I'm the first area service advisor on the show. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. And we'll maybe have to get Bob Sparks on here or Paul Messer oh, yeah. or yeah. Um, someone else uh, from your team on this uh, podcast, definitely. Yeah, great. That's um, a great idea. And, and shout out to to my manager. Uh, we call him um, the BU Service Technical Manager. His name yeah, the is Daryl Butsum. Smith. The Butsum, Butsum for sure, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Daryl. Daryl's the man as Darryl well. Daryl Smith. Yep. He, he's been doing what we do. Um, he's you know, been we, here a long time. Yeah. We, we're broken up. You know, I just told you all the people involved. He used to, him alone, do all those states, plus more, because it, wow. it wasn't broken up how it is now when he started. Yeah, and, and I hear about that. Some of the guys that have been here 30 years, it's incredible. <laughs> you know, when they started out, it was like a little group of like, I don't know, like 30 or 40, 50 people here in, from Mitsubishi yeah. Electric in the United States, and it just grew, and now we're up in, up above 500 yes. employees plus yeah. and growing. All over the place now, California, so, Texas. Uh, Chicago, New York, New Jersey. Yeah. All right. So again, thanks Jorge for, uh, for, for being on this episode. And I hope this helps contractors out in the field. I hope this helps uh, maybe new DSGs out in the field. And we'll see you on the next episode of the Metis Tech Show. Good one. <laughs>